does not matter your size of your team. It does not matter the size of your revenue. Data exists at all levels. And right now, big data is not reserved for enterprise anymore. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, coming to you from a ridiculously rainy Columbus, Ohio today. I don't know why it's raining so much this week. I am not a fan of it. But joining me on the podcast today are an amazingly smart group of people, the two founders of Praxis Metrics, a business intelligence agency. Uh, They have a unique advantage to provide big data insights at a fraction of the cost with much faster time to value for small to medium-sized businesses. Uh, Welcome to the show, Megan and AJ. Thanks for having us. Hey, great to be here. All right. So like the one sentence, how you want your business to be introduced, right? That's like... I feel like agencies or businesses, they work on that for so long. And then it usually ends up being pretty long. And there's a lot of stuff going on really quickly. So I guess, explain what that sentence means. Uh, Most importantly, much faster time to value. What's that mean? I mean, here's the thing. Uh, There's a ton of different dashboards out there. And you can just turn them on and they're supposed to instantly work, right? Um, the problem is, if they are really fast uh, time to value, then it's usually not very valuable, right? Uh, you kind of have to sacrifice either speed for quality. Um, and so what we do is we actually work building more custom dashboards. Um, but the reason that we have a fast time to value is because we've worked really specifically in the e-commerce niche for a while. So we've done over 150 dashboard implementations for different brands. And what that means is we've learned from other people's experiences. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time we build a new dashboard. So we'll have a brand new e-commerce company who comes in who's never had a dashboard before. And they want custom analytics. Like, you know, what is my uh, customer acquisition cost in comparison to my lifetime value? But let's filter out all of my um, COGS. And we're like, great. It's not like we're figuring that out for the first time. We've done that for 20 other clients. And so we can leverage our existing knowledge and experience rather than starting from scratch every time. And that reduces that time to value. So instead of it taking 3 to 6 months to figure it out, tweak and adjust, we can just do it in a couple of weeks. And then you get all of this custom insight and knowledge without having to spend that time doing it. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense to me, but I'm going to explain it how it makes sense to me. And you can correct me because I'm sure I'm going to make some assumptions that I think a lot of listeners might also make. So the key differentiator here, I believe, is that Praxis uh, isn't a dashboard solution. Uh, You guys uh, partnered with many data studios and data dashboards, and you understand which ones work best for which industries. And you guys are actually implementers. You are technology. You're very smart with these platforms, and you know how to implement it quickly for these clients. So they're not in there pushing and prodding and poking buttons and connecting the wrong things and breaking it. And you know, most of the time, getting frustrated and blaming it on the technology when it's actually the lack of understanding of how it works. So you kind of bridge that gap between like uh, getting them these cool dashboards that work with these powerful solutions and you guys having the technical expertise of having implemented this dozens of times. That's yep. pretty good. That's yeah. perfect. Right Nicely on. Done. <laughs> yeah, AJ likes to refer to it as like a 
handing somebody a race car. Tell your analogy. Go ahead. I like it. Tell. So basically, if we were to hand uh, somebody a race car right off the street, they probably have some basic skills, but they're not going to be able to handle it around the curbs. They're not going to know when to do the gas and brakes to really go around the racetrack as fast as possible, right? And so Praxis, we act as, you know, depending on how experienced our clients are, we can either act as a coach where we sit in the passenger seat, right? We are there coaching saying, okay, so you're letting off the brake too early, or you're going into this corner too fast, or you're going in too slow, right? And we can coach them to utilize the vehicle or the tool in a way that helps them get the results that they want, which is being faster, right? Or if there's somebody who doesn't have that experience, doesn't have the know-how and doesn't want to learn right now, and they just want the results, they just want that win, then we can sit in the driver's seat and get them to that finish line and then eventually hand it over and train them, right? Yep. And there's so many amazing tools out on the market right now. We didn't have to go and invent a new one, right? There's hundreds of millions of dollars invested into tools like Tableau, Power BI, Looker, Sisense, Domo, Grow, right? But there's so many business owners out there or CMOs or growth strategists who understand what action to take from data, but they're not necessarily a data scientist. And that's the last thing that you should be investing your time into learning if you're running a business. You shouldn't be out there learning SQL coding. You hire other people to do that so that you can get the insights you need to make decisions. So that's what we do. We take out all the the nerdy aspects of it we take that onto our plate so that the people leading and running the companies can do their job efficiently and effectively with the information they need rather than going deep into the rabbit hole and doing something that's not their true skill set. Yeah, the, the BI implementation success really came down to the who over the what. So not so much important as the what platform do I go on, but the who's going to build this for me and take this across the finish line. Yeah, you just said it like a buzzword there, the BI. What's that mean? You got to dumb it down for this audience. No offense to my audience. <laughs> yeah, business intelligence. So business intelligence. The numbers in your business, that's all it means. Yep. So the numbers in your business, I want to really, really just harp on that. If you aren't measuring it in your business, period, it can like refer to almost everything. If you're not measuring it, it cannot be improved. Yeah. So like, how are you making decisions now? Is it gut reaction? Is it you know just based on your bank account? Is it you know a coach telling you what to go do? Knowing you're obsessively knowing the numbers in your business will dramatically increase your competitive edge. Yeah, and and here's the thing: is most people that we talk to glaze over instantly when we start talking about data because people didn't study math or science in school, and they're really creative business owners or the marketers, right? And they're not really excited about the numbers. Um, really, data is simply information. So if you think about even going off of your gut, it's not really going off of nothing. It's going off of instinct, which is developed over time and you being exposed to different situations that have led you to believe that certain inputs create certain outputs. So let's say that I'm walking down the street and, you know, I get mugged by somebody who looks like who's wearing a trench coat, right? And I, and that happens 10 different times in my lifetime. Well, naturally, as I'm walking down the street in the future, if I see somebody in a trench coat, I'm naturally going to assume they're going to mug me, right? And I'm going to take action to cross the street or to not go down that alley to avoid these painful outcomes or to um, go towards pleasure, right? And it's the same thing with our gut instincts in business, right? If you're a marketer and you've seen this copy work over and over and over again in your history, and then you're going to go and 
put that in, out into your, your new landing page or whatever. And so data is already driving your decisions. It's just through experience. So nowadays, the thing is, all of our platforms are capturing more pieces of information than you're currently aware of. And so it's just, it's all out there and it's all available to you, but we can't process it all on our own. And so we can leverage tools to aggregate that together to give you more information about what is and isn't working, right? And so that's all we do is we help take all of these insights that would take you forever to do it manually and we automate it, distill it so that it can be refined down to the things that will help you make better decisions. The problem today is that, you know, especially over the last two months, the entire market has changed. Every day, I mean, this is true just over the last two years, the the modern consumers are changing the way that they consume information, the way that they are reached by e-commerce brands. And so what you knew two years ago doesn't necessarily apply to today. So we need to have more in-time, real-life data that's being brought to us in real time so that we can make better decisions that's applicable to today's modern market, not just what we knew from the past. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Klaviyo. Klaviyo helps brands deliver more personalized digital marketing experiences via email, SMS messages, social ads, and more. And since it's all driven by real-time e-commerce data, you can make sure every interaction feels more relevant. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit Clavio.com to schedule a demo. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. There's something that you mentioned earlier in that that I kind of want to go back to is that the analogy about getting mugged, uh, you know, and just the difference between and pain and pleasure from a statistical data perspective. I mean, what are some of the main KPIs? that are going to be improved by putting this level of thought and process behind the data within your business? <laughs> well, everyone, every single KPI you can imagine can benefit from visibility and from analysis. So one of the biggest things that we've had... Well, let's see. I mean, I would say there's probably five different major, especially in e-commerce, major KPIs that I think have been at the forefront lately. Inventory is one of them. Right. There's a lot of our clients that have a lot of inventory on hand. Right. And that's, that is revenue or that is cash that is stuck in this inventory. And so by going and analyzing the inventory on hand, matching that up with the, with the recent trends in purchases, as well as matching that up with promotions and how that impacts sales, you can then switch over to a just in time inventory system where it reduces your cash on hand and it increases your ability to invest in marketing, right? So that's just one example. Another one, AJ? Lifetime value. Mm-hmm. I mean, it always comes back to lifetime value. How much can you afford to acquire a customer and truly know that cost and know your true lifetime value more than 30 days? So 30, 60, 90, even over up to six months even, or further if it depends on the business. Yeah. So by understanding and reviewing these numbers, because it's constantly in flux, there's too many of our clients that come to us and they say, well, I know, you know, my, my, let's just say my AOV for average order value. Yeah. My, oh yeah. My average order value for the last year. But if you can't slice that and dice that and tell me, well, what's your average order value for people who come in through 
paid media or cold media efforts versus those who come in through affiliate sense versus those who come in and purchase your bundled SKUs versus your individual SKUs, right? So just understanding one aspect of your number does not mean that you really understand it in depth. And so what we want to do is give you all of the all of this splintering, all of the variations of that number, because it really tells a bigger picture. So really any KPI that you can think of in your business, profitability, actually, here's a good example, profitability. So even our, our company, we're, we always say that uh, any client that we work with is one data-driven decision away from exponential growth. Because we've seen it happen so many times. Even us as a company, we grew exponentially because we ended up... Uh, you know, we were co-founders and it was like year two or three in the business. And at the end of the year, we did a deep dive analysis into our numbers and real we realized that we were operating at a two percent profit margin. And you know, as entrepreneurs, we're hustling, we're working overtime, and we're like, man, this isn't worth it. <laughs> and we're giving everything away and we're not really benefiting from this. And we said our profitability is so low. And and as we dug into these numbers and and into the data, what we found was that we had been over extending ourselves and and really we were driven by purpose. And so we were serving our clients. We were over serving our clients and giving away a lot for free, and we weren't charging people for hours that we were working. And I think it's, I think it's a it's a startup mentality that yeah. most SMBs could relate to, especially service based businesses, agencies, where it's like, look, we're going to over deliver and just like acquire as many great customers as we can, get the testimonials, and then turn that into more business. Great fans. At yeah. what point do you stop doing that? We didn't question that. We weren't data-driven in terms of that. Part. So what we did is we exposed that to our entire team. We said, here's the problem. Here's our goal. Our goal is to not have 2% profitability. <laughs> and how can we get there? And we determined that there were just three different action steps that we could take in order to increase our profitability. Within three months of implementing action around these KPIs that we were tracking, we went from 2% up to 33% profit margin within three months. And it was small adjustments that we made because we had the data and because we were able to identify what levers would impact that outcome. And we've seen that happen time and time again with these e-commerce brands as well, not knowing your lifetime value of your customers, not knowing your retention rates based on what initial products people purchase, not knowing your attribution, right? So any KPI in the business can be optimized by monitoring then reviewing and, and putting together a hypothesis, what are we going to go do to change this? And then reviewing it once you're implementing these changes to get new data and see if it's working or not. Absolutely. So doing that deep dive within a business, I, I believe you know some businesses may be a bit too small. They might not have enough data to do this properly. Is there a certain threshold, uh, you know, a certain amount of data per se that you know where you can make like realistic statistical decisions from or how's it work it's it definitely varies you're you're right that you know when we look at statistical analysis there there's a certain threshold but even if you're a startup business every day of orders and transactions you can be tracking your average order value and your customers retention rates from the beginning and that it's still helpful to analyze that from day 1 so I wouldn't make big decisions until I have maybe a thousand transactions or a thousand visitors, right? There's there's certain decisions I wouldn't wait or I would wait to make based on data. But in the beginning, even just analyzing and understanding it will give you more context for what is and isn't working. 
Yeah, right. starting with the data that you do you have. Do I have. think I think this is for SMBs or people that are just getting started. It's not about the complexity or the amount of data. It's are we tracking the right things in the business right now that are going to move the needle for us? For example, if it's usually in the beginning, return on investment, like ROI, sales and marketing is most important for them usually. But it's it's a matter of are we tracking the right things consistently with as little human error as possible with the tools we do have now. And whether you get into what we call spreadsheet hell or not, that's okay. It's it's a negative word, but it's actually a good place to be when you're starting off. Just use spreadsheets for now. You don't have to get into business intelligence tools yet. Just make sure you're tracking the very most important parts of your business, whether that's agency or e-commerce, whatever, uh, and start there. Then you're going to be able to upgrade down this data maturity roadmap that we would like to talk about. Well, and and before we move on to that, I think that you hit the nail on the head. A lot of our clients... um, in the beginning, you're not tracking everything that you should because you're like, well, I'm not going to go and do anything with this. I'm not going to go and hire a data scientist right off the bat. The problem is though, when you wait one to two to three years and then you are ready to hire a data scientist, that guy comes in there and a lot of times we come in and we don't have data to analyze. So what AJ is saying is from the beginning, you need to set up that tracking and make sure that even if you're not using the data now, that you've got it somewhere and that you're saving it and doing this historical saves. Um, one of the biggest issues that we see or the biggest, um, I'd say one of the most prevalent issues we see is a lack of tracking for source data. Most of our e-commerce clients are just solely focused on transactions in the beginning. So and like they're, depending on Shopify, for example, like Shopify is great, but it's only got so much information. in it. Correct. Or if they're running Facebook ads or Google ads, they're not tracking, they're not using UTMs. Mm-hmm. They're not using Google enhanced e-commerce setting. Right. And so a lot of our clients don't have that stuff set up because they're like, oh, we're too small. But then by the time they're big enough where they can afford to hire an analyst, they don't have any historical data. And we end up coaching them to go start tracking these things now so that then you are collecting the data. Does that all make sense? It makes sense to me. And it frustrates me as an agency owner. Like <laughs> Obviously, all we're doing is... At the end of the day, I'm trying to help you guys make more money. Our clients over to Electric Guy. I'm trying to make them more money. And I can't do it if I can't make informed decisions. And it frustrates me when I like, yep. like you said, it's pain and pleasure. Like I'm trying to throw a dollar amount at like why this is worthwhile to fix, but like without the data, I'm just like I'm literally pulling numbers out of thin air based upon my my history as an agency owner and what's worked for other clients. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather just show you with your own data. For right. sure, yeah. It's frustrating to me, but I guess maybe I'm a little bit more intelligent when it comes to technical stuff and like implementing things. But seriously. In- installing Google Analytics and turning on enhanced e-commerce within Shopify is almost as simple as uploading a picture to Facebook. So I don't know why you guys aren't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Listen Preach. up, people. And then just to second that, um, just to piggyback off that is UTMs, it, which is there's a free element to Google Analytics. It's called Urchin Tracking Mechanism. And all it is is a link that contains information so that you can specifically... So like... Like, for example, Facebook ads. Facebook is a channel, but you want to know if you have 30 different ads, you need to know specifically, did a customer come from one of those 30 ads? Well, yes. And UTMs is that key and like taking that extra mile. It's not a software cost. This is a discipline. It's a practice and it's an organization structure. We have tools that are for free that people can use to help track that. And or you could just use a spreadsheet, but it's about saying, hey, someone on the team needs to own this and be very consistent 
from paid media to social media posts to blog affiliates, like, affiliates any of any marketing activity needs to have a source tracker on it. That is how you really win this game. You you do what you just said, Google Analytics advanced tracking, make sure Google Analytics is set up by a professional and then UTMs. All of that combined with the current tech stack most of these SMBs have, it's a game changer. For sure. Well, and here's another thing, <laughs> not to derail that uh, tangent, but here's another thing that we find um, every single client that we have to fix when we go in is naming conventions. There are so many clients that, I mean, they're doing even... So let's explain that first. What do you mean by naming conventions? So in every aspect of the business, <laughs> uh, products within Shopify, right? They'll have 10 different variations of the same SKU, but then there's not a consistency in the naming convention. And so when we pull it out, you know, it's ones and zeros on the back end for us. And if there's not something that says all 10 of these products are the same base product, like inventory product, then we have to go in and clean that all up. Um, same thing when it comes to campaigns, right? A lot of our clients don't do TOF or BOF or top of funnel, bottom of funnel. And then they want, they, they have a question. They're like, well, you know, how good is all, are all of my efforts going towards, you know, top of funnel? How is that converting? And then they have no way to sort that out because they've never been implementing a, a strict naming procedure. So I think that's one thing that a lot of people miss in the beginning is just, you know, whenever you're creating anything new in any of your systems, make sure that you're utilizing some sort of standardized naming convention so that any agency that touches it, any internal person that touches it, they all know what those acronyms are or what those product names are, what those promos are, so that you can have that consistency across the board. Otherwise, it'll lead to a lot of dirty data in the future. And document it. Like document, document somewhere mm-hmm. where the entire company knows, where it's not in somebody's brain. Yeah. Who knows how long they're going to stay there? They, you know, something happens to them, whatever. Like you need to have documentation of what that is. And we call that a data dictionary. Simply a place that everything lives that defines what you're actually doing in all your different technology stacks. So you're telling me when I'm doing ads, like my naming conventions of copy new this one final aren't good? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Could be better. <laughs> Yeah, I, it just—I think it goes back to what you're saying about using UTM's. It's—it's it's the discipline behind it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, this is very top of mind for me. Is also in kind of some of those efforts is you going back to when you're a younger business, you need to trust in the process per se, and don't get turned off by the initial results of anything because that's clearly not enough data to make any decisions. I, I think for sure. Yeah, it's, I hope no one thinks I'm talking about them because I'm not. <laughs> this is just a general thing that happens with every smaller company. Is you're watching what's happening like the second you throw something live for the next couple of days, and trust me, your budget is not enough for there to be anything that matters from that data. Like depending on how much you are spending on these efforts or how big of a a list or segment that you've got to play with, like you're not going to have enough data really for the first couple of days, even months sometimes, depending on your budgets. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we've got people who are changing directions after 50 clicks, right? It's like, no, no, no. You have to have a sample size that's large enough to make decisions off of. You can monitor it and you can see the trends. Don't make decisions until you have enough data to see an actual trend. Yeah, specifically Facebook. Facebook is smarter than everyone in the world. So why are you going to fight it? Let it do its thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
let's be honest today, all of your customers are going to have questions. And what are you doing to manage all those questions? Do you have a help desk for your business? One of our sponsors of today's episode is Gorgeous. And Gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e-commerce. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. We have installed it on a bunch of stores. It's also used by brands like Movement and Rothy's. And what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information, brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R... G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S-T to get your second month free. So I know it's going to be hard to answer this. Is there like a threshold as far as business size? Or you know, are we looking at dollars of revenue or sales a month? Or you know, headcount? I don't know what I don't know what the KPIs are to measure to kind of like understand when you need to start thinking about moving from spreadsheet hell into like you know you need a custom dashboard for your business you need to tag in someone that actually knows what they're doing you know or is it more like there are certain pain points that are just top of mind at all times when it starts to make sense for people to make the switch from that spreadsheet to hiring a professional it's a great question yeah there's quite and, quite a few different things that that make that up yeah so we because we've worked with so many different e-commerce brands what we found is overarching themes right now and and I'm gonna put a big asterisk on this right now because we'll have companies come to us that do 200 million in annual revenue and they don't have the very basics done so this is definitely a recommended roadmap um, but here's the foundation is no matter how small you are if you are making money at all, Tracking is your number one step. It doesn't matter if you just began making sure your GA is set up, making sure you're utilizing UTMs and making sure that you have SOPs, standard operating procedures around your naming conventions. That is foundational. Everybody has to do it. And making sure the softwares you are using are being utilized to the maximum capacity, like the right way. Just know your systems. Yep. Don't skimp out on all of those extra fields. Like fill them out and do it right the first time because it will be collecting data that will be valuable later on. That's the basics. Then typically what happens is the next logical place that people go is spreadsheet hell. They start manually pulling all of these things together, right? Because not all of the systems talk to each other. So they'll log into their 10 different platforms, pull out 10 different numbers, create this divided by this as a conversion, right? That is the next logical step. We see companies stay there anywhere from 1 million in annual revenue up till, you know, like I said, 100 million, 200 million. But the place that you know that you've kind of crossed that event horizon where you need more complex uh, help is when you are spending too much time in these spreadsheets, right? So it's, it's costing time. you a lot. Yeah, it's wasted time. Or when there are critical business questions that you are trying to get answers to that you either can't or it takes so long to do it manually, it's not worth it. That's that tipping point. So for a lot of our clients, you know, things like lifetime value, you can create an, an overarching uh, calculation for that. Even Shopify has one built in, right? Um, but when you're starting to get these more detailed questions from the CEO, CMO saying, okay, but when this type of avatar does these type of actions or has this customer journey, what is the output? You're like, oh God, I'm going to have Joe have to work on that and I'll get back to you in you know two days or two weeks. 
right? That's that tipping point where you're actually cannibalizing your growth by not having these insights on demand. So usually that happens around 5 million in annual revenue is where the juice like is worth the squeeze, right? Sub, sub 5 million, we get customers that have kind of more of a budget issue. But after 5 million, if you just dedicate 1% of your overall annual revenue towards data, either tracking, like you, it could, you could just hire a GA team just to set up really robust tracking there with Google Data Studio or into you know, custom dashboards or into data science, that should be plenty. So think about you know, spending 50 grand at 5 million. 50 grand covers almost like a, a, almost like a full-time person for a year, right? And that will give you these insights and 50 grand to make 1% more for your company to have ROI on a data initiative is so easy because you have so many KPIs. And if you just move the needle on one of them, I told you like we increase one metric by 30% for our business. So naturally the, the, you know, two weeks of diving through the data was worth it because it yielded so much benefit to our organization. So usually around 5 million is where we see customers start investing in their data and not just having a marketing budget, not just having an ops budget, but also creating a data budget. Then at that point, they'll either leverage, they'll, they'll kind of enter in that first level of dashboards and analytics, which is let's look at hindsight. Let's look at where we've been. Let's look at these trends and let's make decisions off of this. And that can expand from sales, revenue, um, from your cogs to inventory to supply chain, right? And then usually around 25 million in annual revenue, we get customers that are a little bit more mature in the fact that they now know that they can't be successful without data. And now they're willing to really dive in because they know that they cannot scale at all if they don't know their numbers. And that's when they get into more of well, let's drive insight. Instead of just analyzing the data we have, let's drive actions in the organization to where the dashboards are telling us what to do versus us having to analyze it and infer that out of it. And then around 50 million to 100 million is when they start wanting to get into foresight, predictive modeling. What should we do and how can we change these levers in the future versus just looking at the past? Does that all make sense? Makes sense to me, but I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to get each new episode of Honest E-Commerce sent straight to your phone? Join our VIP texting list for updates on new episodes and exclusive deals from our partners. Text Honest VIP, that's H-O-N-E-S-T-V-I-P to 72599 to join. By the way, we're powering our text messages with PostScript, the number one text message marketing app for Shopify stores. Check out the show notes for a link to install PostScript for free today. So yeah, I mean, really every company, no matter where you are in the, in the annual revenue spectrum, the number one place that you should be looking is your tracking and making sure you're collecting data because you can't analyze if it hasn't been collected. <laughs> And then the next logical step is do your own manual reports because then you'll understand which KPIs are important and drive the lever for you. And then once that becomes too cumbersome, then you need to outsource this and you need to get somebody to help you. And usually companies between 1 million to 150 million, they'll utilize an outsourced agency. And then at some point, so like us, like we're an outsourced data agency, 
then at some point, it just makes sense for you to hire your own internal data division, just like with marketing, right? You start out by hiring all these agencies because you leverage their shared experience and they're testing things on other clients and you're learning from them. But then, you know, maybe once you get to a certain size, you need your own full-time content person, full-time ads person, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who's in-house and understands every aspect of the business and can churn these things out. So usually we don't see companies get their own data division until about 100 to 150 million in annual revenue. And then at that point, we get in that passenger seat and then we are more like overflow rather than driving the bus. Absolutely. It's it's funny how that 5 million mark is where I also say it usually makes sense to get into A-B testing because you don't have enough data before that to where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that it would also make sense on the business intelligence side. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, now, uh, this question is going to be out of left field for sure. But are there any insights that you can share, or just like any quirky stories of just insights you found that have like that might have helped clients, or just good stories that came out of from like diving into the data? You know, it's zeros and ones. But at the end of the day, it, like it does tell a story. So, is there anything that's happened uh, with you guys or with your clients uh, from all this data? For sure. Okay. So you want left field? We'll give you left field. <laughs> so. Here's the thing is most people, when they think about their own business data or information, they think about the information that they have tracked in their own systems, right? The transaction data, the inventory data, the marketing data. What about all of the other external things that impact your business that you're not necessarily in control of, but that impact you, right? And so one thing that people don't really think about is public data is available Most of the time, it's free. And then a lot of times, you can just pay for data, right? There's tons of research out there. There's tons of data sets. So, you know, think about if you're a coffee company, do you think that your return on ad spend might potentially be impacted by weather data when things get cold or a tea company, right? When things cross over into the fall or winter, don't you feel that sales might go up? Or same thing with soups. Right, there are certain things that are definitely impacted, and we've had cl- customers have a 10x difference between a certain temperature when they spend money at 71 degrees, they'll make a 2x ROAS. But when they when they spend their money at 70 degrees, all of a sudden now they've got a 20x ROAS. Right, so not just thinking inside of your own box, but thinking about everything externally. So weather's a big one. We've got a pest control company who we aligned their internal sales data and marketing data with the temperature because they have um, like certain rodents that are more active at certain temperatures. So they stop spending in certain areas and double their spending in others because they know that it'll be impacting the rats and the bats and all of the rodents. And that's a way to really optimize what their business is doing. They're doubling down on what's working and eliminating those areas of waste. And that yields exponential growth. Then another thing is like yogurt, for example. We had a client that basically had a $40 million yogurt crisis because they had all of these wholesale contracts to huge chains. And then they were locked into these contracts and all this yogurt was being thrown out because when it is freezing outside, you don't want yogurt. When it's super hot outside, you don't want yogurt. You don't want dairy products. <laughs> and so it's it's understanding those the levers that impact your sales. Um, one of the big things we've been doing lately is overlaying the sales and marketing data with COVID data. Uh, you know, like 
are you impacted and are there certain areas that are more impacted by COVID? And so it's drawing, it's, it's reducing your sales in that area. But man, that rural suburb out in the middle of Colorado that hasn't really been impacted, your ROAS there is exponential. So let's double down on these areas versus the ones that are super heavy, right? And so it's just really thinking outside of the box and not being narrowed in to only thinking that you have to be trapped within the systems that you have set up and really looking at everything else, the whole picture, because you are not, you're not in control of everything. Right. So did that help? <laughs> oh, I mean, it, yeah, it absolutely helped. I was, those were great examples and I loved, I loved them all. I know we only got a few minutes here left. <laughs> uh, so I just want to ask two things. One, is there anything that I haven't asked that you think is worth sharing? And then two, if people are picking up what you're putting down, how do they get a hold of you? Let me hmm. see. Anything you haven't asked? We'll come back to that one. I, I think you've done a really good job. You've done this before. So I think I think you've covered a lot of the bases. Um, I, I just think the biggest takeaway with this is it does not matter your size of your team. It does not matter the size of your revenue. Data exists at all levels. And right now, big data is not reserved for enterprise anymore. Right? Every it, single business is a data business. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know it yet. And if you're not doing this, if you're not analyzing this, guess what? Your competitors are. And they're going to have the leverage to put you out of the business. So it's so, so, so important as data becomes more accessible that every person is integrating this into their business because it will be the defining factor between you and your opposition. Yeah, I think things I want to say is like, you don't have to, you know, been an A plus student in math class and you don't have to be a data scientist. A lot of business owners out there just aren't. So it's okay that you're not naturally good with numbers. So if you can find somebody on your team that is good with numbers, or at least just having an open conversation around what's important and what your data is looking like, what your tracking is looking like, I think it's worth time in your schedule, weekly, maybe monthly, just to sit down as a team and kind of ask their business questions, lay them all out and kind of look at your technology stack and really just understand what you're able to track now, what you're not, and kind of do a gap analysis between the two. Just kind of knowing where you are is just half the battle, just starting that conversation. For sure. Yeah. And in the manual tracking of it is a good acceptable first yep. step. Everybody has to get through that in order to understand what they want totally. automated in these dashboards. Crawl before so. you walk. Yep. yep. Exactly. Um, and, then and then in order to get in touch with us... Yeah. Praxismetrics.com is our hub. We've got some amazing content there on the blog, which we love. We actually have a kind of a show we do, which is um, interviewing other experts in e-commerce and just sharing different data-driven um, metrics and how, how they can be used in your business. Uh, but Praxismetrics.com, uh, you can go on and get a free data strategy with us. Get on with our team members and and we'll walk out. through, even if you're not ready for this yet, like we've got a lot of clients that come to us and we give them a roadmap and we're like, all right, here's what you need to go and do. And then whenever you're at this level, come back to us. So there's clients that come to us that, you know, they know they want to work with us in the future, but they don't know what to do in the meantime. So feel free to, to hop on with us. We'll give you that roadmap and, and what you need to do in the meantime. And then whenever we can be of service, then we'll be here. Awesome. AJ, Megan, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Chase. Really yeah. appreciate it. Glad that was fun. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io/connect. 
Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.